Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 350 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Megan. Hey, have you noticed there's this thing happening called inflation? What? What? It's on my radar a bit. (laughs) It's just a bit. No, seriously, like things are getting much more expensive. Um, Household goods. I was reading an article that said um, most Americans have more money in their pockets than they did pre-pandemic. But like the cost of living is outpacing that extra money we think we have. Mm -hmm. So it creates almost like this latent effect, I think, for a lot of our families where maybe you don't notice it um, the first couple times you go to the store when prices have gone up. But after a while, you're like, wait a second. Yeah. Your trip to Target didn't used to cost this. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny when like the things that will trigger like, uh, like this is way outside the norm enough for me to really notice. And I think it depends on how you do your shopping and like, yeah, like how often you're looking. But Brian came home from the store the other day and he had to go to the little market near our house, which We'll get into money saving techniques and we're going to talk specifically about groceries next week. But like one of the things that I notice is when you run out of something and need it last minute, you almost always spend more. So he had to run out and get butter because Allegra was baking and he went to the little market near our house and he just came over. It was like a it was like a cartoonish grandpa from the old days being like, (laughs) you wouldn't believe the price of butter. But I mean. It's like you, I think to your point, you don't notice it until you do. And then you're like, wait, hold the phone. Then you can't unsee it. And um, packaging sizes are shrinking. I mean, it's really, it can be very sneaky um, if you don't have your budget super dialed in. And even if you do, I mean, the prices are what they are. And sometimes like you just have to work within that reality. So yeah, we're going to put off the kitchen conversation till next week, because that is a whole thing Mm. that like really requires its own episode. Um, So next week's episode will be about kitchen money saving. And this week, we're going to just tackle like every other room in the house and even outside because even your yard costs money. Even your garage costs money to keep up. So there's just a lot going on. 
there's a lot going on. And I, I love this concept of kind of walking through a house room by room. Um, as we were preparing, I was realizing I have lots to say about saving money in certain areas of the house. And then I was getting stuck in other rooms. And I think it, just like anytime we offer our experience in the form of what might sound like advice, just giant grain of salt that especially with budgeting and spending or saving money, like it goes without saying that people's priorities are different. Um, the cost of living where they are or things like whether you live in a very rural area or a very urban area, like one size does not fit all. So um, right. we're just kind of walking through our homes virtually and sharing what we've noticed as ways to either save money or possibly the the inverse of that is where we've noticed the drain on our budgets in each room. Yeah. Well, that and I think, um, you know, it's it's just a fact that sometimes in your life you've got more time than money and sometimes you've got more money than time. And so there might be things that I mentioned today that are are great strategies that I in the past have used, but let like lapse and need to. And, and just a great reminder for me to dial back in on something like that, because when I get really busy or overwhelmed or when I feel like I'm pretty flush with cash and I want to like let the reins a little loose. These are sometimes just really dumb little areas where I'll start to overspend. And then it's mm-hmm. always a great reminder for me to be like, okay, I don't really need to spend more money on this when a tiny little amount of planning or just mm-hmm. knowing things that I maybe didn't know before would help me save money there. So these are all going to be like mind blowing money saving tips. I don't think either one of us are budget masters or mistresses to that degree, but um, just little things and those little things can add up. Yep. Absolutely. I'm excited. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. 
In addition to their cookware and tableware, our place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, Sarah, so let's start with the bedroom. And, you know, we didn't list literally every room in the house because some rooms are a little redundant. Like there's not that much difference between what you do in, you know, the kids' bedrooms and your own bedroom, for example. But in general, when we're talking about bedrooms, we're talking about things like your clothing, your bedding, um, storage, the things like that that mostly get used in bedrooms. And um, I will start on this one. I have really leaned in a lot on TJ Maxx for high quality sheets and other bedding basics because mm-hmm. they've got really good deals. And so like it's it's tempting sometimes to just go to the store that you would usually shop at or go online for those things. But I find that a little bit of that kind of like closeout shopping um, can get you really high quality stuff pretty cheap. You just have to be willing to maybe not get exactly the pattern that you're looking for. Um, and look, you're looking more for like, Hey, I want basic white sheets and I want a 400 count or whatever. Um, just in general, buying fewer clothes and having fewer impulse buys and a more minimalist closet. So this is definitely something that is a work in progress for me. Um, but I have been kind of working steadily at this for the last year or so. And I am seeing some results. Like mostly it's that if I have fewer things to do or to, if I have fewer things hanging in my closet, I have a better um, sense of what I have. So then I don't overbuy right. like doubles of things. And I think that that kind of leads to the other thing that goes along with that is just to be always like taking inventory before you buy something you think you need. And, and the mm-hmm. categories for me where this would be is like underwear, socks, leggings, um, jeans, plain t-shirts. And I'm sure it's very different for everybody. Hoodies, I think for some people. But like anything that you tend to have multiples of can so easily just turn into this like blur in your drawer or your closet and you don't even know you have something and then you're at Target and you think, oh, I'll just hit up that five for $25 yeah. underwear station. And then you get back home and you realize actually you had a laundry basket full of unfolded underwear that you yeah. didn't really need those. So <laughs> it's so true. You. <laughs> well, I'll just to comment on the clothing thing. I have also noticed that when I really like my clothes and they fit well, I really just want to wear the same four things. Yeah. So I think sometimes there's a fallacy of continuing to buy uh, aspirational things, either things that we love the look of, but they're not, they either don't fit right or the fabric bugs us or something. So then you end up with quantity, but you're kind of looking, what you're really looking for is like, what's your uniform? I, over the holidays, yes. we didn't, we didn't see that many people outside the family over the holidays, but we went out to dinner once with friends and you know, like dressed up a little bit for family Christmas dinner. And I had a new pair of pants from one of our sponsors. I had a new sweater and I wore the same dressy outfit like four times. And I was so happy. No one cared. I felt good. I did my hair a little different each time. I wore like different jewelry. So just a reminder that if you really love the clothing that you have, you probably don't need very much of it. So I don't know. Um, no, that's totally true. And if it's quality stuff that interacts well with other pieces, that's another thing too, right? Like if it's, if it, and I know the pants you're talking about, and I actually have a similar outfit that actually is, uh, there's a cashmere sweater on top that came from another sponsor. And if I pair those things to 
those two things together, I always feel great. So yeah. all, all I need to do is like put a different pair of earrings on. Yeah. And there you go. And they're high quality. They feel good on. They look good no matter what. So I just don't, to your point, I don't, I don't need as much. I don't want as much. I'm not as confused about what I have. Yeah, exactly. And it's beta brand. It's not a secret, but we just, we're being right. weird because this is not a sponsored mention. Like we just right. genuinely both wear those pants. And I think it goes to show that just liking your clothes means you need fewer of them. And if the goal is saving money, I know for me, I'll just speak for myself personally, when I get into a phase of acquiring a bunch of faster fashion stuff, it's mm. not usually good for the bottom line. And I, I don't end up wearing a lot of it. So. And sometimes I end up putting it right into the Goodwill bag with the tags yeah. still on. Like that's how bad that, <laughs> that like fast fashion acquiring phase can be. Yeah. Cause you're just acquiring it. And then you're like, Oh, what was I thinking? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, my one little money saving tip for the bedroom, um, was that I get much joy out of repurposing, um, containers, baskets, even sturdy shoe boxes into space saving drawer and closet organization. Um, I have this employed in my underwear drawer, in my nightstand drawer, on my closet shelves. Um, and it is a great way to, like I said, reuse a nice, like sturdy shoe box that has come through the house, or maybe there's a basket from out in the living area that isn't quite cute enough to be like true decor anymore, but mm. it's a great like container for socks or beanie hats yeah. or whatever. So, um, before heading out to a, a retailer that will sell you really pretty nice matching bins and closet storage ideas. Just remember that you have probably some containers within your house um, that will work really, really well. Um, and, and that can save a bunch of money. Man, I have to say, um, we have had the pleasure of working with um, some sponsors that have, as they say, jokingly, really good boxes. And <laughs> I have so many of those really good, like, they're beautiful sometimes. And they have like interesting closures where they fold down and tuck. And mm -hmm. Clara, every time I get something, she's like, Ooh, what kind of box is that coming? Yeah. Now she's a little bit of a box hoarder. So I have to kind of, I have to kind of not let her take every pretty box into her room because then it's just boxes everywhere. But I agree. Like those sometimes are as good as what you'd buy. Yeah. And yeah. stuff came in them. Like they're free for you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Megan, let's move into what we will call the home office. And this is so funny because in pandemic times, even if you didn't think you had a home office, you may have one now. It may be the corner of your dining room or it may be a repurposed kids room. Um, but whether or not you, ha you have an area of your house that you officially consider the office, this is the time to talk about things like office supplies, kids art supplies, technology, printers, printer ink. So regardless yeah. of whether we have a dedicated room in our homes, let's talk about the office and what do you have for money saving in the office? Well, I, um, you know, I've talked on the show before about my issues with printers. So this is not only a money saving tip, but also just a sanity saving tip <laughs> because I get so irate when I run out of printer ink. And I know there's probably listeners who have scoop on like where to get printer ink really cheap. I don't have that scoop. I'm not someone who has like a great source for that, but I have gotten a lot more, um, a lot more mileage out of those printer cartridges by printing less for one thing. Like, let's just start there. Like if you don't have to print it, think before you print, which by the way, if your printer breaks all the time, you'll just automatically get in the habit of thinking before you print because printing is such a hassle. Um, and then when you do print, print on that econ or grayscale, a lot mm -hmm. of, sometimes you have to go depending on your, what computers um, you're using or if you're printing like from your browser or what you're printing from, 
it's in a slightly different place sometimes, but you have to like, you can go in and hit like advanced settings and change the way you print. So it could be like a grayscale, which comes out really light um, or economy. Um, And that can save a lot. Uh, Lots of times things don't need to be color, even though we like the way they look in Mm -hmm. color a lot better. And I would include like kids coloring pages and things like that. Like there's no shame in printing your kids multiple coloring pages on like the cheapest setting possible. You just gave me a like a flashback <laughs> of like the four years of my life I spent printing coloring pages. Like, mom, yeah. will you print me a coloring page? Mom, will you print me a coloring page? Yes. Like, yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of come to an end, I will say, but yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that, that doesn't happen phase. for me anymore either. But man, that was like a, a thing for me for a long time. And I would actually always keep one that didn't have color on it so that when they asked me to print something, I didn't have to go find it again. And reprint oh, it. Good. I would just copy. Yeah. I would just run it was it always so specific. Setting. Like, can you find a coloring yeah. page of this one type of Pokemon? Like, and then you'd yes. find it and it would be tiny. So like, it, I, I uh, got really good at the yes. image search. Like it's gotta be large size. <laughs> yeah. I've got to be able, anyway. Okay. Oh my Old goodness. Diversion. Yeah. Um, another one is like, if you like heavier paper stock for, you know, things that need to look nice or just for your own personal projects or whatever, no shame there. Right. But do buy the cheapo paper. Yeah. And then don't forget to switch it out. Like have the cheap paper be the stuff that's in there as the default, or you can have the fancy printer with more than one. I don't currently have like the more than one paper drawer. Mine has a photo because I have a pretty good photo printer. So mine has two trays, but one is photo and one is regular. So I don't have two different like eight and a half by 11. I've had, I've had printers before that had like three or more for home printers. So that was kind of nice because then you could set the default. Yeah. To the cheap one. And then the other ones you have to go in and mindfully select, which is also great when kids start using the computer to print themselves. Mm-hmm. Like when they're independently doing that, um, it's good that they don't get their grubby little hands on your good paper. <laughs> hands off stuff, the cardstock. Hands <laughs> off the cardstock. Because that stuff isn't cheap. But I actually, this is one area where I think that with some more organization, um, I could do a lot better. Things that tend to kind of end up sucking money out of my office area besides printing would be, oh, and like printing two-sided. That's something I sometimes forget to do, but that can save a lot of paper. But like, for me, it's like leaving caps off of markers and pens Mm. um, and they dry out or losing things. So I don't even know I have a book of stamps already. And so I go out and buy another book of stamps, which eventually they'll get used, but still why buy them if you don't need them? Things like that. So I think this is one of those areas where good organization could go a long way. So Mm -hmm. that's something maybe I'll dive into this year. Yeah. In your new house. In my new house. Yeah. Um, so one specific tip, and this is more on kids, school supplies or art supplies or project supplies. Um, there is nothing worse than finding out you need a poster board for a project due tomorrow and then running out to like the only place that's open or the place that's five minutes away instead of farther away. You don't even, you don't have time to overnight ship because those poster boards will be $15 instead of like six for $15. I don't know. And you how might, the mo- you might not even find the right size either. Oh, yeah. That's the thing we've run into a million times. There, yeah. There will be tears. Yep. So anyway, um, keeping a, like some basic school project supplies purchased and then hidden or protected away, like not for use for everyday kid art, um, is a really good way to not have, to not have those last minute expenditures. Um, and you, where you source that, I really like Michael's because I, there's a lot of coupons, but I like staples too. You can order online. You can do like wherever you shop for that kind of thing, but, but do it ahead of time and have a little, like a little, it doesn't have to take up a ton of space, but some little hidden supply of some poster board, maybe some of those like poster letters or 
uh, washi tapes, things like that, that can come out um, for those school supply times that can save you a bunch of money. And then the other one that I need to do this a little bit better, um, but putting on your calendar or in your Todoist, something that's going to pop up and remind you for at least once a year to just do a software and subscriptions audit. We just kind mm. of did this with our CFO for the business of like, wait, what are we paying for? Like, what are these right. software subscriptions we're paying for? And you and I have laughed before about Adobe, like how we've like one time I was paying $25 a month, like $25 a month <laughs> to Adobe for like six months that I didn't yeah. need. And, and we all like everybody's done it. And I know we're going to talk about that. You're going to talk about it with streaming services too, but software ones um, are tricky because you don't see them. It's not right. like the clutter you were talking about being organized and they're expensive and they're They're really they can drain you so um if that's something you might do with your spouse great your partner or just on your own but just have it on your calendar so that you don't have that nagging feeling in the back of your mind like what am i paying for again did i see that credit card charge just come through so just twice a year do one quick audit and just kill and cancel the ones you're not using anymore without shame we've all done it like we've, we've all wasted money in that area but rather than feel bad about it and let it continue happening for 18 months like I have, um, just put it on your calendar and do it twice a year like a grown-up. There you go. Well, I almost wonder, and that's a great tip, um, I'm almost wondering if there's a way to tie that with your other tip, Sarah, because, you know, even a sloppy couponing, I'm not, I'm not a coupon master, um, and I very, I sort of just like dabble in true, what's the word, I, like discount shopping, where mm-hmm. I do like lean on CVS extra bucks, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but like, I don't, those are the kinds of things that with even a small amount of effort and planning, you can save a significant amount of money. Um, but if you don't do the planning, you actually will like kind of trip yourself up trying that mm-hmm. method. So I'm wondering if there's a way to also do an audit of like your inventory mm-hmm. so that you yeah. don't have to run out for that. Because otherwise, how do you know how many poster boards to have on hand yeah. or how many packs of the cheap printer paper to have on hand. Something about the planning for that can mm-hmm. be very mysterious if you don't know what you're using and have a and have a streamlined way of buying it so you know how much you bought. Because if you yeah. are buying all over town and you get six months in, how do you even know how much you used? You don't have any idea. Yeah. No, I think yeah. I think inventory is a fascinating thing. I think I think there are some people who are really, really good at it naturally. And then others of us, probably you and me both, who just kind of have like a little bit of a spidey sense, yeah. but no formal system. I have a friend whose husband spent, I don't know, a decade as a private chef, um, like a, like for, for a, a very wealthy family, whereas he was the, and his kitchen inventorying system, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so fast. And now he just does it for their family. He doesn't, he doesn't work in that light of work anymore. But I just think people who have experience and little tricks and systems for any kind of inventory management is so cool. Fascinating. Well, and I, I will talk more about that kind of thing when, when we talk about the kitchen. But um, remember at the beginning of the pandemic, I did like a very detailed pantry inventory yeah. and it really helped me. I probably kept that up for six months or so until I realized that we weren't actually going to run out of pasta at the store. And then I kind of let go. It was but it was a different apocalypse than you suspected. <laughs> yes, it was still exactly. the apocalypse. But yes, the snack apocalypse, the apocalypse <laughs> snacks. That's what it was. They did get eaten and I didn't replenish them. But Um, I think that the, what it taught me was that like, just knowing what is it like, even it didn't have to be quite as intense as I was, but just the process of putting eyes on everything helped me just make a lot better shopping choices and things got used up. So I think that could apply to pretty much any room in the house. Yeah, I agree. 
Okay, so let's move to the laundry room. First of all, let's just take a little quick side diversion. What kind of laundry room situation does your new house have? Because you have a pretty big laundry room in your current house, right? Yeah, and my new house, while it's nowhere near the size of my current house, also has a very strangely large laundry room. Okay. With like a huge wall, like a huge like built-in wall closet situation and like lots of storage. Um, In this house, the laundry had been in the basement, which... I've lived in lots of houses with laundry in the basement. I really hate it, mm-hmm. um, especially Michigan basements that tend to not have great stairs. And I it just it's mm-hmm. not my favorite. Um, but there was an older woman who lived in the house and moved the laundry room upstairs and actually got rid of a bedroom and ma- turned it like a small bedroom, turned it into a laundry room. So when we first bought the house, I was like, well, this is kind of weird. Like this laundry room is really huge. Yeah. What am I? But now I'm like, I kind of like it. I don't feel like I need to change it anytime soon. So. That's a, I love that. that's yeah, it'll have lots of room for folding and spreading out. So I have never had a laundry room that you could that is really a proper room. I, I guess mm. in my last house, you could walk just inside it and stand there to change the laundry. But there was no room for like there was no counter or sink or any like any room. And then my one now actually does have a little laundry sink. And that's amazing. So I do think a laundry room sink is amazing. But there's no it's literally like the size of two, like a washer dryer and a sink. You can hardly turn around. You can barely close the door. So um, I had trouble with this area and it might just be because I've, I've never really had like a room that is really right. a laundry room. It's the, like basically the laundry station. Closets. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, a closet. Yeah, um, They've mostly had doors that will close and that's nice. You can mute the sound a little bit, but um, nothing like those. And I, and same with like a mud room or anything like that, that, you know, I just haven't had. So how do yeah. you save money in the laundry room? And maybe that will spark some thoughts for me. Well, I mean, I don't really have a lot of great, um, a lot of the houses I've lived in have been rentals. So I haven't had a lot of control over things like high efficiency washers or like, I usually just have used the washer that I have, or I'm buying something pretty inexpensive. Cause I know I'll be moving eventually anyway. So it's mostly been about the soap for me, um, and the, uh, water temperature. So I would say this is an area where I do lean in pretty heavily on my CVS extra bucks strategy. And this is one of those things. It doesn't have to be CVS. Like Walgreens has their own, um, a lot like our local, uh, supermarket Meyer chain. It's like the, it's kind of like our version of like a, like a regional target. Mm-hmm. And they've got their system. Like almost any place you shop will have a system that you can work. And you have to work the system the like a little bit sneaky. If you're a casual user, I actually think you kind of get taken a little bit because mm-hmm. you think you're saving money and you're not. But if you take a moment to look at the app, like so for me, I'll look at my CVS Extra Bucks app before I go, before I leave the house. I don't wait till I'm like in the parking lot because then I'd make bad choices. <laughs> and if I go in CVS, for some reason, I can never like use my phone in there. So I can't do anything at all. So I'll go through and see what the manufacturer coupons are, what I can, what I can make money back on. Cause a lot of times it's like, if you spend, um, $10 in this category, you'll get $5 extra bucks back, you know? So it's like, you have mm-hmm. to kind of work it, but you can stack those with the manufacturer coupons. And often you also can get like, if you're a pretty regular shopper, you'll just get like a random $10 off $50 coupon or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to, it's just a strategy and you have to kind of put a little time into it. This isn't like the old extreme couponing show where I'm spending hours clipping coupons. It's, it's like five minutes. Um, but I do think, okay, so this week I can see 
that their store brand, um, you know, laundry soap is really inexpensive, especially if I spend $10, like I get, it's, it's like I get a better deal. So just working that has been pretty great. And you want to kind of try to work multiple angles at once if you can. So I'm also looking at bathroom supplies. Do I need toilet paper? Do I need mm -hmm. paper towels? Like all of those things all at once so that I can work all the angles at once. Um, the other, another thing that anybody can do is use less laundry soap than you think you need. Um, mm -hmm. I have read kind of a lot of articles that state that like the, um, the amount the manufacturer is telling you to use is about double what you often need and your clothes actually will re retain the soap. Mm -hmm. So I've actually washed my clothes without laundry soap before. If I've run out, I might throw like a scoop of baking soda in mm -hmm. or use vinegar in the rinse, but there's already soap in the fibers of your clothing. So yeah. you can get a good wash just by throwing them in the way they already are, unless it's like super stinky or like there's a really good reason that you right. would need soap. But actually the more, if you're overusing soap, your laundry gets dirty because it's mm -hmm. got too much soap in the fibers and it's picking up more dirt and the dirt is sticking. So, mm -hmm. um, using less is actually better than using too much. So that's a little tip. And again, like I really have leaned in on baking soda. Another thing I've done is if, when you get down to the bottom, uh, if you're using, um, bottled detergent mm -hmm. and you get to the end of it, you can put a couple cups of water in there and swish it around and get at least one more use nice. out yes, of that. That makes sense. For sure. And then I guess the last thing for me is I wash almost everything on cold or cool or sometimes warm. Um, I don't really wash anything on hot. I would say when my kids were little and it was more likely there might be poop on something. Mm hmm. I might be more likely to, but it, you know, I don't want to get into like stains and things like that now, but also poop like literally cooks proteins into your clothes. So it's not necessarily better to throw something in on, <laughs> on hot just because it's poopy. You actually might be now creating like forever poop. So just, it's, it's, it's worthwhile to really do a little bit of research on fabrics and what like state, like stains, fabrics, and what the ideal water temperature actually is for the situation you're in because you probably don't have to use as much hot water as you are. Haven't we been saying for like six years that we just need to do an episode on stains and stain yeah. removal? I mean, we've touched on it. We did a cleaning products episode recently and we did one called the messes of motherhood or something, but yeah. I think it stops us short because you and I both have some stain removing tricks for certain things, but right. then I have a whole bunch of categories where I'm like, I don't know, man, like someone else is the expert on this. So maybe that's a 2022 opportunity there. Yeah. Get our contributors well, and then, then on we, board. And we can also become experts ourselves, which is probably like, there's been times of my life I've known more and then I forget it. Yeah. And I'll be like, wait, now it's blood. What am I supposed to do about blood? And then I have to like <laughs> Google it or whatever. And sometimes I just forget. So yeah, that's a good idea. Oh. Well, I actually, I learned a ton from that because I didn't really, I couldn't think of money saving in the laundry room more. I think of things like time saving or like efficiency practices, but I'll just throw in that I have been really happy with the, um, detergent pods from public goods. Who's a longtime show sponsor. I don't believe of this episode, but I'm a paying customer of those laundry pods and they're kind of cleaner, greener. And to your point, you just need one. The package will say like, if it's a large load, use two. And I never need to use two, even yeah. when, even when it's really dirty. And I just like that there's, they're not scented. Like they're just really simple. Um, and then, yeah, I use cool or cold water for almost everything too, unless I've done a really dirty cleaning job. Yeah. Then I'll do the rags in hot water, but that's about it. 
We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Sarah. So let's start in the living room slash family room. Again, this is kind of loose. This is a loose organization. So the rooms where you do the most hang in with the family, I think is really what we're going for here. Yeah. Well, it's funny. The very first tip that I have costs zero dollars. So if you feel in need of a refresh and want to spend zero dollars, I highly recommend rearranging your furniture. And I am a huge fan of rearranging furniture. I do it way more than the average person and it drives my husband crazy. Um, But it is one of the best ways to feel refreshed in your space. It forces you to do a deep clean because if you move a couch, you're going to find everything that was under that couch or you might and find you'll, like a, and you'll find things you didn't know you had. Yeah, exactly. You get with this strategy, you save money and find more stuff. Um, so it has always just been my go to for times of the year where I really want kind of a living room, family room freshen up, but I do not want or need to spend any money. Um, and it often will lead to, like I said, a deep clean or maybe an organization project. It's just so satisfying to me. Um, and it really, truly can feel like a new room or a different space. Yeah. And so 
before you, if you've got that itch and I know that home decor itch very well, where it's like, something's not right. Or I want something for the wall or I want a new rug. Just try rearranging furniture. The worst case scenario, you can put it back where you had it if it doesn't work. Yeah. So zero dollars and a an instant refresh. Rearrange a your whole furniture. new space and possibly socks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And <laughs> dust bunnies. A lot of dust, dust bunnies. bunnies. I always, I feel like every time I rearrange my furniture in my living room, I find things that the kids got in their stockings on Christmas morning, <laughs> and then and then they like it was they had it for such a short time that they never missed it mm-hmm. when it went missing. So they didn't even know that pack of gum existed. They never yeah. looked for it or whatever, that lip balm or some things yeah. like that. Candy sometimes. Um, well, okay, this is one that I'm going to share that's more about entertainment. And, and that's because nowadays, like my kids are older where they don't have toys. We don't use the living room for basically anything but hanging out and like watching movies, really. Yeah. That's kind of what it's there for for us now. And um, this one comes with a giant caveat. So just putting that warning out there. A lot these days, a lot of times when you buy something um, like, I don't know, I'm thinking like a a new cable package, a new phone service. Um, Sometimes when you buy things online, like just random things, sometimes you get a new credit card. Like there's all these different times when you will be offered free trials for cable channels, things like streaming, Showtime, Disney Plus, HBO, whatever, whatever it is, right? I will say that if you are very organized and strategic, you can really ride those free trials out. And I would also say that about like, if you're trying to make your, up your mind, whether you want Hulu or Netflix or, you know, one of the ones you're willing to pay for, but you don't want to pay for all of them. It's really like looking to see what shows are available mm-hmm. and what you actually want to watch. And then actually kind of budgeting how long it's going to take you to get through whatever mm-hmm. the thing is you want to watch. Very, very rarely do I end up with one streaming service. doesn't matter what it is or how good it is, where that's it, or that's all I ever want. Right. Um, often it's like, I really want Hulu for a little while, but then when I'm done with that show, I can let Hulu go for a bit and I can move into something else. Right. So again, if you can do like regular audits, um, you can ride out those free trials or you can stagger paid services in such a way that Mm -hmm. like you don't ever pay more than you meant to. Mm -hmm. Now, if you aren't in a place in life where you can do that right now, I don't recommend this strategy because you will yeah. pay a lot more money for subscriptions that you forgot existed. I will say I used my Capital One card to pay for something recently to put down as my card on a on a free trial. And Capital One sent me an email to remind me to shut up, like to oh. unsubscribe, which okay. I thought was really nice. So maybe that's something that different credit cards offer. I don't know. Um, but I guess just in general, let's just talk about streaming services and downloads, because I think this is one of those things where it's like, okay, maybe it's $3 to rent a movie on prime or something, or Mm -hmm. it's, you know, $10 a month for the streaming service. I always try to look at that in context of like what the trade-off is. Like, what would I otherwise be doing with that time? Um, how do my family and I use this thing right now? It is. So it's like, there's a huge range of what is like the acceptable cost and what saving money means within, I'm putting that in big air quotes, um, or what budget, like how much that should take up in your budget. Because honestly, if you have like an HBO Max subscription, that makes cheap at-home dates really easy. Or Mm -hmm. that makes life with like, you know, a nursing baby more pleasant Mm -hmm. or whatever the thing is that you're paying for. If it's like that plus you're doing a lot of things outside the house, then maybe it just becomes an expense and a drain that you don't need. So right. there's just a lot of like, you do this your way 
that comes with those things. But it's a really easy way to spend a lot, but it's also a great way that you can get a lot of value out of what you spend with a little forethought. I agree with that. And I um, was reminded of, we have a really good voices interview um, called, I think it's called living and spending your values or something with a certified financial planner um, from a couple of years ago. And that's just what it reminded me of when you were talking is like $10 a month is expensive if it's not something that you value or that it's not lining up with how you actually spend your time. Or it's an incredible investment if it's delivering you the thing that you need. So yes, I, I totally agree. And just transparently as a family, we pay for a lot of streaming entertainment. We don't go to the movies. Uh, it is our main form of family entertainment. We don't do ad hoc rentals very often. We we subscribe to the, all the streaming um, and we get a huge amount of value out of it. So that's an area where I we have not cut back, um, but there's other areas where we're not spending very much though. So. Yeah. Um, okay, back to, I think, decor, art, um, how we live in these spaces when I'm not watching TV, which is sometimes which just um, happens every now and then <laughs> I feel like I'm a broken record here, but thrifting and second handing has been really a fun return for me to something that was always really fun for me as a younger adult. And then I got away from, and now I'm super back into, but, um, one area I have had a lot of luck thrifting and second handing is houseplants and planters, which I've gotten more into in the last couple of years. And Plants can actually be expensive. And if you're experimenting with being more of a plant friendly home, um, it's also a little risky because sometimes they die or you don't take care of them well, you know, so it can be it can be expensive. And then to have a nice pot or planter for something to be in is that's it's a whole purchase. So I have gotten really, really good deals. It's usually people who are moving because people who are moving it's really hard to pack up like say a larger potted plant in a nice planter. And so many people are like, man, I'll just sell this for 20 bucks or whatever. So, um, and that's another very affordable way to kind of spruce up the, the look of your living space. Um, so are you finding these like on Facebook marketplace mm-hmm. or yeah, okay. Facebook marketplace? Yeah. Um, so secondhand house plants and often they're coming in the nice planter, right? So it's also saving you the work of doing the planting. Um, I have done a lot of secondhand art at thrift shops um, or more affordable antique shops, not the like really ritzy antiques, but you know, where it it Mm. looks like, like an antique mall type place. Um, And same with decor. So just, just a reminder that if secondhand intimidates you, it's really just about starting to try and pick out Mm. something that you like. And if, if it doesn't kind of fit with the rest of your decor, but you feel proud that you you know, tried something new with thrifting. It just starts small, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I think when we see like Instagram accounts that are all about thrifting and secondhand, it can be intimidating, like everything on Instagram, it can be intimidating because people do such a beautiful job of like curating that thrifted look. But like, really, it's just about starting with one piece, a dish or a yeah. planter or a framed piece of art. And if you like it, that's all that matters. Um, can I just interject really quickly? Yeah. I have also had luck purchasing, um, like at a, like at a nice garden center, for example, the kind that has like the, like for fancy people, Mm -hmm. um, they will sometimes have like end of season plants that are in the planter. The plant is dying, but it's so deeply discounted that you're getting the planter for the deal. Oh, that's a nice idea. Yeah. And I've also seen the same with like, um, like close out ugly prints 
but the frame, the values in the frame. So yeah. sometimes you can like get, like you can kind of mm-hmm. get a twofer almost. You don't yeah. even want the, you don't want the plant or the art. You just want huh? the frame or the planter. Yes. I love that idea. Love it. Um, okay. And then my last thing, I think this is sort of an echo of what you talked about, or we talked about when we were talking about clothing and fast fashion and kind of having less. I just over the years have, have started to check my impulse to want to solve a furniture need quickly with a mm, attractively priced on trend item from, (laughs) and and these are, I'm going to name the retailers because I really, truly love them. Wayfair, Overstock, Target, sometimes Costco or Ikea. So they do a really good job, right? Of being on trend, of being, you know, it's not going to fall apart tomorrow. It's going to be decent quality, but I, the, they do a really good job making it very easy to furnish a whole room or to convince yourself you need a new coffee table or a new media console under the TV. And every time I have curbed that urge and um, spent a little time looking maybe secondhand, waiting for an end of season sale at a retailer that is just a step up in terms of quality, like maybe it's going to last 25 years instead of five. I'm always happy that I did. So that's not, it's not to knock those those quick solutions. And I've lived both Scottsdale and where I lived in Orange County. Like I could drive out and buy like new furniture. I mean, I had that stuff. The the brick and mortar stores were all around me. And then of course the online is so man, Wayfair could have like a new rug to me tomorrow if I, and like a lot of different options. So could overstock. Um, but I think if we're talking about saving money, um, just being really clear about what's necessary and where those needs might be served. And then if, if those are your best options for this thing right now, then awesome. But I guess not defaulting to, to that option every time has saved me money. I have something to add to that. Um, when, especially when it's like a significant piece of furniture, like a sofa or a dining room table or something like that, I think it's also really helpful to keep an open mind. Um, you might have seen something like in a magazine or, or again, like on Wayfair's, you know, homepage or something. You're like, I really like that look. And now I'm going to try to find that exact look. And you might find that the only place you can actually find that exact look is if you either spend a million dollars or buy it really cheap from like a fast mm-hmm. fashion place. So it's like you, you, your super dialed in exact that you want might only exist at the at either end yeah. of this of the spectrum. Whereas if you're willing to do something that I know sounds terrible, but like go wander around a furniture store for a while yeah. and, t- and actually talk to the. I got the sofa that I got back in the fall. Um, I actually talked to the sales associate. I usually like have a, a wall around me when I go in those places. Like, nope, no thanks. Don't need you. Like, I'm so resentful when they approach me sometimes. And it, it's like I'm walking around with like a sound barrier or something. Yeah. But this time I was like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. And I ended up talking to this woman. She was fantastic. She helped me make sense of their pricing, which is hard mm-hmm. to do in a furniture store. Like it doesn't always... Makes sense. And then I ended up with a floor model of a really nice sofa that I would never have thought I would want to spend as much as I did, but I, I really got a great deal on it yeah. and it was perfect. And I, if I had been like, well, maybe I'd want to spend half that, but I can only do it online. I don't think I would be as happy with what I wound up with. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Cause I had wanted to say that too, about a brick and mortar locally owned furniture store. If you have something like that, is for that exact reason is it's um that maybe that middle place of not the highest end and not the affordable option that's trying to knock off the highest end but something right. <laughs> sensibly in the middle 
Well, and when you go in places like that, they under, they, they know, like, I wouldn't have known that I could get that floor model almost half off. I think I got like a 40% discount. It didn't say that anywhere on the floor. Like I wouldn't have had that information, but she said, oh, I can definitely get this knocked down for you. And then she could also say things like right now, there's like a big lag in delivery times. So if you buy from that brand, you're not going to get it till April. If you buy from that brand, it might be more like January. This was back in, I think, September. And yeah. the, but if you buy from this brand, you might get it like in, in two weeks. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's also really useful yeah. information to have because sometimes you really don't want to wait six months. So, yeah. 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 Um, okay. Well, I was going to take us outside in our hypothetical okay. tour. It's probably cold for you outside. It is. It's Michigan. rather cold outside. Yes. Okay. So, um, this is- yeah. So, my tip is don't, don't hire a snowplow. Just drive over your driveway a whole bunch of times till the snow is flat. Oh have you seen that video <laughs> online that's circulating about the person who wears a unicorn blow up unicorn costume when they snowplow their driveway? It's really cute. I it's don't like think I those, have. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. It's just like a feel good. One of those like feel good memes that just makes people happy. It makes everyone in the neighborhood happy because they just put yeah. on this inflatable unicorn and <laughs> snowplow their driveway. Um, well, OK, so we'll briefly touch on garage and outdoors and anything that brings up, mostly because I wanted to tell this little story about saving money. Um, and I don't know if this is possible in every location and every water district, I'm sure, is very different. But Brian um, was looking at our water bill, which is very high, but we're still we're in a drought. We're in a premium area of California. It's kind of hard to know, like, is this normal expensive or is there something wrong? And we've been in this house a little over a year, but he was able to talk to someone at the water district who came out and walked the property with us. And this is different. It's I'm not talking about like landscapers or the people who installed our drip system and our landscaping, but the actual like water meter guy, or I think he's from the, the local water district. And identified some significant ways that we could reduce our water bill. And it was a free of charge, like just community service. So I don't know if that's possible everywhere, but it's the kind of adulting thing that like, I wouldn't have known that that was possible, except that we were like, huh, we, we need to talk to someone about this. And it was, it was, there was no, um, like there was no catch. It was just somebody to come out and educate us about why our water bill was the way it was and how we could drive it down. And it was hugely helpful. So well, let me, let me just interject because I had a similar but different situation. So maybe just like region to region, it might yeah. be different. I had a really high water bill late last summer and the city did send someone out to just like kind of troubleshoot with me. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, you know, is like, think about your house. Is there anything leaking? Blah, blah, blah. And then Somehow they did check between the line, the water line in the house to make sure it wasn't there and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. So then I hired a plumber to come in and they did find a leak somewhere in the house. And then the city abated a bunch of my, or rebated a bunch of my water bill. All I had to do was send the plumber bill. And I had no idea you could do that at all. Yeah. So I think I got like half off or something. I just remembered that when Brian did this walk with the water people here, they didn't discover a leak in our system, but they discovered a leak in the neighbor in where the water was going to the neighbors. Uh. And Brian was able to let our neighbor know like, Hey, you've got something going on. And he was able to save money. It was like a community service. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, and I don't know if like that, that's something where if your gas bill was unusually high or your electric bill, and that's like, I mean, we can talk about utilities all day. I don't think I have any great suggestions except for like, put a sweater on and turn your heat down. Um, I mean, there's lots of things you could do. Like 
if you live in an old house, stuffing up cracks and things like that. But that would be like its own episode. But I do think that there are things, there are definitely ways to get it, depending your area, your utility company has resources for you that can Mm -hmm. help you manage your budget. And I think they're a little different in every community, but like here you can, um, you can like average your bill out all year. If it's a Mm -hmm. seasonal place where your electric's more at sometimes and your gas is more, sometimes there's ways to kind of get on a budget with that. So there's like lots of, it's like, you have to go to the people and ask for help. That's really what it is. Don't try to DIY everything. Like your water guy helped you out, but if you hadn't asked, you wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Anything else for you about outdoor garage? We put garage question mark that I didn't think of any, (laughs) any Brian just spends money in the garage. He just buys tools. So I have no help there. Yeah. I like, I thought about my garage and thought the only way to not, the only way to save money in the garage is to stop buying things to put in it. Um, (laughs) I, I don't know. It's not a huge problem for me. I guess for me, and, and this has been relatively easy for me because I live in a, I live in a nice town, but it's not like a fancy town. And I live in a downtown area with a lot of old houses. Um, and be, and when you have that, I think you get a real sense for like a diversity of the way people keep their yards. I don't live in the kind of neighborhood where everyone has like a super manicured yard. I think it would be harder in that case, but like you'll look across the street and it's like one person has a beautifully landscaped yard and another person just kind of has a city lot and their lawns mowed and good enough. Right. So Mm -hmm. I guess my money saving tip is I just don't care that much about what it looks like. I don't care more than I need to Mm -hmm. unless I want it to look good because I, it's like a hobby for me. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's been times I've spent a lot of time like working on my garden or whatever. And then the following year, I don't even put a potted plant out because I just am busy and I don't care. I just, I, I just approach it with only the amount of effort that I care to put into it. Mm-hmm. And that is a way to save money. Cause if you care about, if you, if you care about literally everything in your house and yard and garden and exterior and your paint and your, you know, the state of your railings equally, you're going to spend a lot of money keeping that mm-hmm. up. So mm-hmm. let some stuff go if you can. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Well, let's finish in the bathroom where (laughs) there are lots of ways to both spend and save money. Um, Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll I'll just call back to the to the um, comment I made earlier about like working your particular stores um, bucks or rewards, Mm -hmm. but being but be like loyal to one. I do think you get more value if you're loyal to one program that rather than jumping around because it requires you to have like to develop a certain amount of purchasing power with one place mm-hmm. and spending more in that one place will help. Um, another way is I'm not very particular about toilet paper. I'll just use whatever. I mean, I like, I have certain toilet papers that I like, but I don't go out of my way to buy them if another one mm-hmm. is on sale. And I think these days, generics and store brands have gotten so good that mm-hmm. it's not like the old days where it was like, I don't know, basically sandpaper or mm-hmm. Charmin's ultra ultra. It's like, you know, now there's a lot of pretty good options. Um, we talked on recently. I feel like we talked about making our own cleaners. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's something where you can save money um, or the refill kinds like public goods has where you can get the like concentrates. Mm-hmm. Those typically are less expensive generics, generic meds. Like there's mm-hmm. really no difference in a bottle of generic, you know, ibuprofen. Yeah. So they don't have sugar on them. Like Advil does. Um, I, I mentioned before using a little water in your, 
laundry soap. Mm -hmm. You do the same with your shampoo or your body soap or gel. I mean, I just, there's so many little ways to save money in the bathroom because there's so many little things in the bathroom and there's so many products in the bathroom. So I don't know. What about you? Well, yeah, that's a perfect jumping off point because when I was thinking, I started by thinking about the opposite. When do I feel like I am maybe wasting money in the bathroom or Mm -hmm. spending unnecessarily? And I can tell you when it's when I'm spending a lot of time, um, leisurely walking the aisles of Target or (laughs) a nice CVS because I see things that I think, oh, I probably need more um, Q-tips. I think I need more Mm -hmm. conditioner. Oh, I think the kids might be low on those little flossers. The keyword being, I'm not really sure, because like to to our point from earlier in this episode, that inventory management is tricky and bad. There's so many little things you need in a bathroom that it's extra tricky. And also it's personal care. So like, I don't always keep track of when Brian needs more hair gel or the kids need more, you know, cause we're each using these things personally. So a money saving tip, I guess from me is to not go down the aisles of a target personal care section, unless you have a specific list of things, you know, you're out of, um, because I have definitely ended up with too much, too cluttered. And we all know that a cluttered bathroom, it's like a cluttered bathroom cabinet is kind of like a spice cupboard. It's like all of a sudden you have five (laughs) cumins, but no coriander and you swore you had coriander and you just saw it yesterday. So, um, I think I have really tried to challenge myself to use what I have because with very few exceptions, I know we love to talk about our skincare. We love to talk about our hair care. It's fun to try different products, but there's almost no product that I would be like, oh, I am not going to use the rest of that because I have to have my such and such. So I really like, especially the last couple of years have tried to use what I have. So if I am out of face wash, I am not putting it on a list until I go down there into the recesses of the drawer and cabinet and find a face wash. And guess what? I almost always will. So I guess the money saving tip is to, to not go browsing at all. And then to use what you use, what you have and to really build a system where you know what you have. Yeah. Um, I, I could not agree more. And I think for me, organization is a big part of that too, because for me, the place where this plays out the worst is my makeup bags. I have like four different makeup bags. And typically the thing at the bottom of any makeup bag is broken and wrecked. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like it's waste. And now it's, it's irreconcilable waste because I can't get that eyeshadow back. Mm -hmm. It's crushed at the bottom of the makeup bag. The toothpaste is not going back in the tube, (laughs) so to speak. Yeah, so to speak. So there's no way for me to fix that now because I was sloppy and I had stuff thrown in a bag for no good reason. And if I had put some more, if I had bought less to begin with and then stopped cramming things in, then it, it would have worked better, you know? So yeah. Another just quick, really easy way that I save money in the bathroom is I wash my hair only twice a week. Now I used to be like an every second or third day, but I'm really in a routine now where I only wash my hair twice a week. And I was thinking like, wow, it took me a long time to run out of shampoo and conditioner. Well, duh. Like it's yeah. simple math. Like if you're washing your hair four times a week versus twice versus seven and not all hair types, like I get it. Like it's not, it's not a solution for everybody, but it saves a ton of money. And I've actually been able to kind of upgrade the shampoo that I do use because I don't go through it very fast. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so much to say. And the funny thing is I now feel like I have all these other ideas popping into my head, but we'll have to say those for another episode. And Next week, again, we're going to be talking about saving money in the kitchen because that definitely, I mean, food right now is one of those places where, like you said, did you believe the cost of a <laughs> pound of butter? 
Yeah. I mean, it's everywhere. And that's, I mean, food's getting really expensive. Um, yeah. And so we're going to talk about that in detail next Tuesday. Yes, we are. And we have an awesome blog post on the blog this week. Our contributor, Sarah Lindbergh, um, just has a, an interest in personal finance and um, reads a lot about it. And she has rounded up a list of resources. A lot of them are Instagram follows, um, budget tips, and then a couple of apps and podcasts. And so if you are maybe newer to budgeting or just need a refresh in personal finance, it's a great list and, um, and, and hard earned. Sarah follows all of these folks herself and reads these resources and was kind enough to round them up for us. So that's at the blog. We'll link it up in the show notes. Um, and then speaking of the blog, so Megan, remember like a few weeks ago when I challenged new listeners to write to me and tell me who they are and I would make them a playlist. Okay. So I think I said the first five new listeners who emailed me and I gave my personal email address and the first email came in. Well, I figured it out because she lives in the Netherlands. So this podcast comes out like everyone else was asleep and she listened and emailed me. Her name is Carly. Um, but I probably got five emails within, I don't know, like 45 minutes of the episode dropping. It was crazy. And I've, I've gotten dozens and dozens of emails and I will not be able to make dozens and dozens of playlists. But what I am doing is those first five that I promised and maybe a couple more if I get on a roll. But every Friday, I'm putting together a custom playlist of episodes from our archives um, based on what that new listener is going through. So um, like stage of life, how many kids she has and like how old they are. And so Carly's playlist is up on the blog. And by the time that's as of this recording, by the time this episode airs, there will be another one up on the blog, too. And I think just I guess the idea is grouping some of our older episodes together by theme and stage of life is hopefully helping not just those new listeners, but maybe somebody else who is kind of in a similar stage. Well, I can't wait to check those out, Sarah. I think that is really cool. Um, And I'm excited for the people that get like their customized playlists. Well, we've also got an episode coming up on Friday that will be one of our voices interviews. So make sure you check back that. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.